Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Welcome to everyone tonight. And if you're a guest tonight, we welcome you. Happy to have you in service with us. Pray that you're blessed tonight. If you're watching us online, wherever you're watching us from, we welcome you as a part of this service tonight. We give honor to our bishop and mother right, even in their absence tonight. Praise God. Amen. I, I wish you all could have seen Sister Carrie's face when the the picture of the six feet, six six sets of feet, whatever, hanging, hashtag hanging. It's priceless. There was this little wag of the head and this look that said it all. Hallelujah. I guess the good news, Sister Carrie, is he lived to tell about it. Amen. That's what I'm hoping when mine do dumb stuff sometime. Hopefully it's not the next time that's the last time. Anyway, praise God. I believe I, which I, I always to the best of my ability, but I believe I have a word from God tonight, and I realize it's already 7.15, and uh, I'm not going to... I'm not going to try to beat the 8 o'clock clock. I cannot understand with all that's going on in our world today why we're trying to squeeze Jesus down into less and less time. As an old song says, if we ever needed the Lord before, we sure do need Him now. Praise God. During the back-to-school revival on the Saturday evening, I believe, I've tried to confirm to make sure I'm correct in this, but Saturday evening service, brother. Oh, by the way, if you were not here Thursday night, if you were not here Thursday night, male or female, you need to watch. I don't want you just to listen. I want you to take time to sit and watch and soak in what God said in this place and what God did here Thursday night. If you are a lady and you were not here, you absolutely need to hear it. It will bless you. If you're a man and you were not here, you absolutely need to hear it. It will bless you. <laughs> I said it leading up and the Lord confirmed it. There's a big difference between listening to something on a CD or online versus being in person. I realize I'm now encouraging you to go back, but I believe you will still be blessed. I, I strongly encourage you, if you miss Thursday night, you need to watch it. And I say watch it because I mean, I, I, I've said it a lot of times, I have a tendency to listen to preaching while I'm doing something, but I'm not real focused. It's just my subconscious. But you need to be focused. You need to be engaged. So... A couple of weeks ago at the Back to School Revival on the Saturday night, and if you haven't watched Brother Jackson's message or listened to them, you ought to do that. You owe it to yourself. The Saturday night message was an absolutely powerful message. They were all powerful, but Saturday night was, it was, it was a great message. But when he, when he read his text, when he read his text that Saturday evening, it really wasn't what he was focusing on. But there was something that really caught my attention, and I've gone back to it since then. And I believe there's something in it when it comes to a principle and a pattern that we need to hear 
And I trust that it will help some of us here tonight. So Genesis chapter 25. And I'm going to begin reading with verse number 5. The context here is that Abraham's life is winding down. And so Genesis 25 and verse 5, And Abraham gave all that he had unto Isaac. Somebody say all. But unto the sons of the concubines, which Abraham had, Uh, perhaps I'll come back to this, but I want you to get the point. These, These are his sons. They're his sons, but they're his sons by concubines. To them, the Bible says, Abraham gave gifts and sent them away from Isaac, his son, while yet lived while he yet lived eastward unto the east country. And these are the days of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived in hundred, threescore, and fifteen years. Then Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man, and full of years, and was gathered to his people. The Living Bible, verse 5, says this, Abraham deeded everything he owned... To Isaac. However, he gave gifts to the sons of his concubines and sent them off into the east away from Isaac. Message Bible. But Abraham gave everything he possessed to Isaac. While he was still living, he gave gifts to the sons he had by his concubines, but then sent them away to the country of the east putting a good distance between them and his son Isaac. New Living Translation. And Abraham gave everything he owned to his son Isaac, but but before he died, he gave gifts to the sons of his concubines and sent them off to live in the east, away from Isaac. Now listen to the way these next two say it. The contemporary English version says, While Abraham was still alive, he gave gifts to the sons of Hagar and Keturah. Those were the concubines. He also sent their sons to live in the east, far from his son Isaac. And when Abraham died, he left everything to Isaac. Lastly, the easy to read version, verse 5. Before Abraham died, he gave some gifts. Everybody say, some gifts. Some gifts. My mind's playing with me. I shouldn't have made a joke a couple of services ago. I need to pronunciate gifts, not gifts, G-I-F-F-S's. Some of you had no idea what that meant. You're blessed. He gave some gifts to his sons who were from his slave women. He sent them to the east away from Isaac. Then Abraham gave everything he owned to Isaac. Then he gave everything he owned to Isaac. 
I guess I will pose sort of a question. I will pose this as a question as my title tonight. A gift or the inheritance? A gift or the inheritance? Father, thank you for your presence in this place tonight. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for these testimonies of the lives of these young adults and what you did through them. And as has been said, I trust God that that's going to inspire others to be a part and to find their place. God, I know this service is a little bit unusual. It's not the norm. But I believe you have something to say to us tonight, and I trust you to say that. I trust you for your anointing tonight. I depend upon you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. If I'm not mistaken, I pulled in this evening to Antioch, the Apostolic Church. If I'm not mistaken, I, as well as a bunch of you, are at home this evening. And I do not let others dictate, naturally speaking, what goes on in my house. I'm the head of my house, and I do whatever I feel to do there. Under, obviously, other oversight and authority, I am the primary one responsible for what takes place here. And by the help of the Holy Ghost, I never will, and I will try my best tonight to not be intimidated by any human or any flesh, by any fleshly spirit or any spirit of darkness. We are in a world that wants to silence. We are in a world that wants to intimidate. We're in a world that doesn't want you to express what you really believe and feel because you got to worry about not offending Anybody, And I'm not here tonight in any way to purposely offend anyone, whether present or that may hear this message in the future. But I am here to preach to Antioch tonight. I want you to, I want you to see something. I, there, there is something in these verses that I believe was, a, was in addition. You, you understand that in the Old Testament what was going on, there was, there was multiple layers or multiple levels of what God was doing. While, while we read through things that were natural events and natural situations, in the Old Testament, God was purposefully using those things so that you and I would have a spiritual example and have spiritual understanding based on natural principles. God was the originator of the object lesson. In fact, when you read from the very beginning of the Bible, throughout the process of creation, God was not just giving us how we got here in Genesis 1. There were principles and patterns that God was establishing from the very beginning. One of those was, he said, there's going to be seasons. We, we, we came in here, I, 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 I don't know if I'll get much hype, more hyped up than this tonight. Hopefully I will, but I don't know. So We came in here last Sunday morning in Arnold and began to sing. and <laughs> it, was, it, was like, it, was like, it was like somebody opened up a dam and it just exploded. Ministry broke out. God was moving. Things were happening. And angels were in this place. People were healed. 
Like, yes, sir, boy, this we have we have arrived. We have arrived. Couldn't wait till this morning. Woo. Man, if it was that good last week, what's it gonna be like this week? Worship team got up, tried to lead us. Woo. <coughs> it was tight. They sang a couple songs, it was tight. Lord have mercy. It's tight. Hold on. I thought we I thought we had made it. I thought we had I thought we had arrived. I thought we were there. But there's a principle. There will always be seasons. Your spiritual walk with God will never Move beyond seasons. I don't care how much you fast and pray, you will go through seasons. Anybody else ever had one of those times, seasons in your life where you moved into this vein of prayer? And I mean, it was not only were you consistent in praying, but it was like the moment you started to pray. It was just, man, you step right into your, oh, hallelujah, here we go. This is going to be now until Jesus comes. I can't wait. And about, if you were, excuse the word, if you were lucky, it lasted a couple of months. Maybe a couple of weeks, and oftentimes it's like a couple of days. <laughs> I remember years ago that happened, but somebody had been here. I think Brother Bailey had been here preaching on prayer, early morning prayer. And, and I, we were living in Harwood at that time. That's like a 20, 25-minute drive. I mean, I wasn't like close like I am now. Brother Whaley, I, I mean, I was getting, I'm not, I, you, all, you know me, I'm not a morning person. But I was, and it was like, it was just easy. I'm getting up, driving 20 minutes to get here. I'm like, boy, I, woo, me and this 6 o'clock thing are good until Jesus comes. Whew. Man. Seasons. And so throughout the Old Testament, there are principles and patterns and, and what God did in the lives of individuals or in the lives of groups of people such as the children of Israel. He was doing because he was establishing patterns and principles or he was also creating things that for you and I would become a lesson that we could understand from. And I believe there's something in this passage that is an extremely important thing for you and I as apostolics in 2017. In verse 5 and 6, verse 5 says, He gave Isaac everything that he had. He gave Isaac his all. But then to the sons of the concubines, he gave them gifts and sent them away. They got something. They had something. But they did not have everything. They got something from the Father, but they were missing something. Let me just give you a little glimpse of part of the punchline tonight. You need to realize there's some folks that the Father has given some gifts to. There's some folks the Father's given some gifts to. 
And you need to stop questioning who you are and what you are because he's given some gifts to some. Because there's a big difference between getting a gift from the Father and getting all. They're not the same thing. That word gift in the Hebrew means simply this. Are you ready? Get ready. Put your seatbelt on. It's going to knock you off your feet. That word gift is a present. They got something from the Father. Hello. Oh, hallelujah. They got something from the Father. But they didn't have the Father. Because you got to have the right Father. But you also got to have the right mother. They both had the same Father. But one of them got everything the Father had and stayed. And the rest of them got a present and the Father said, get out of here. Oh, hallelujah. Don't make me feel like I'm somewhere I shouldn't be tonight. Here's, I'm sorry, all you parents of small children, this is one of those nights you have to do some splaining when you get home. Just just to get us on the same page, it's probably not needed, but to get us on the same page, a, a concubine in the Bible denotes a female congely united to a man, but in a relation inferior to that of a wife. She has a relationship with the father, but it's not the same as the relationship of the wife. The concubine was a wife of secondary rank. There are various laws recorded providing for the protection and setting limits to the relation they sustained to the household to which they belonged. They had no authority in the family, nor could they share in the household government. Let, let me let me say it, I guess, like this. A concubine got the pleasure and the benefits of the father, but she didn't have the price of the responsibility and commitment the wife had. Oh, hallelujah. We, we may have to get, I guess, much more plain here. Huh. She... She produced a son from the father. But it wasn't the child of promise. And I believe I am amongst some people tonight that if you'd be honest, you struggle from time to time because there's some sons of the father that have gifts that they got from the father. But what you're missing is it's one thing for the father to give a gift to a son. It's another thing for a father to give everything he has.
there were two primary sons. You know, most of you know the story. I'm not going to take time to get in all the details of it tonight. But, but, but Abraham receives this promise that at 75 years old, this fatherless man is going to have a child. And he's got a wife at that point by the name of Sarai, who is also barren. And they get a little ways into it. And, and she says, you know what? You, you ought to go ahead and just take Hagar, Hagar. A concubine. And let's produce through our own means what is supposed to be produced by the supernatural. Let us figure out a way to help God do His job rather than trusting God to do His job through us. Hagar was an Egyptian. Egypt represents the world. You got to be real careful when something is produced through the womb of the world. Oh, glory, 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 glory. (laughs) It's sad. It's sad to see when you look at pictures or videos online of most churches, of many churches nowadays. And you you can't see anything. And it's dark. It's dim. Some of them it's figuratively smoke and lights. Others it's literally smoke and lights. Some, somebody ought to, you know, think a little bit when, when the Bible says that God is light. Why do we get comfortable in darkness? Notice what was produced first. The child through the flesh. Rather than the child of promise. That was what came later. Several years later. Listen to, listen to what, there's a few words I forget recently. I, oh, actually it was the word, the name Jezebel. When you read the name Jezebel, what it means, it's, you'd think it'd be something bad. And it's the definition actually really is a positive definition. Listen to what the name Ishmael, and those of you that may not be familiar, Ishmael was the son that was born to Hagar, Sarah's concubine, Sarah's servant. Ishmael means this, God will hear. I want you you to make, make a mental note of that. God will hear. The child that was born that wasn't the child of the promise. His name was God will hear. You see, there are some principles that are established in this book that God holds to those principles. 
Answered prayer is not based on my righteousness. Answered prayer is not based on your righteousness. Answers to prayer is not based on being worthy and deserving of it. The Bible says, He that cometh to God must believe, first of all, that He is, that He is God. And then secondly, that He is a rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. That is a principle that it doesn't matter what your spiritual condition is, you can put that into practice. God will hear. God will hear. Ishmael, the child born that wasn't the child of promise, God will hear. Genesis 28, verse 8, I want you to see something here. The child grew, this is speaking now of Isaac, and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. So here is now the child of promise, growing and maturing. But watch what happens from the other. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. That, oh Lord, that which is produced by Hagar will always mock that which is produced by Sarah and the father. That which is produced from the Father and fleshly means will always mock that which has been produced by the Spirit. And let me just, in case some of you are missing it, us apostolics often get mocked. You know, y'all take it a little too far. You guys are a little too extreme with all. It doesn't have to be quite like you say. It, it, you know what? You don't have to, you don't, you don't have to live like you live. You don't have to do what you do. You, you, you don't have to do all of that. The child of Hagar and Hagar will always mock. Oh, I, I don't know why I had any other expectations than this. <laughs> I should have known better. I've been doing this for too long. <laughs> the child of promise is growing and maturing, but what was produced by Egypt? Notice, I I I I don't know how I don't I don't know how how plain I need to make it, or if I've already if you're already getting the point. I notice the father interacted with Hagar. There was a relationship that took place. And there was, oh my goodness, there was fruit produced from that relationship. I don't know about you, but but as this began to work that night, and since then as I've studied and read and prepared not only for tonight, but also just for my own benefit, I, I started real, I've spent a lot of time trying to discount Brother Whaley. 
Well, you know, that, there's no way that's God. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. That, that can't be God. That, there's no way that's God because I, I, I know what the Scripture says. And now I'm going, you know what? That can be. Because there can be fruit produced from a relationship with the Father from a concubine. She may not be the right mother, but she can interact with the Father and produce fruit. Mm. Well, what's the difference? There, there's, I, my, I have to give my wife the credit for me starting this. It wasn't my idea, but it was a great idea. And one of the, I, I for all of you parents, in case you ever wonder, so I know some of you have to battle praying through because... I don't, I don't help you with your expenses that may come from this, and I'll just pray Jesus takes them away. But I, one of the highlights of, of every week for me is, is uh, and then sometimes it happens a couple of times a week, but it's taking a little train of children down to my office and giving them some candy. I enjoy that. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy that. But you know what? They have, to, they have to wait on me. They have to go with me. I give them a gift. I give them something. If I told one of them right now, go down to my office, get some candy. We, we got a problem, brother, right? I, I don't have access. The only way I can get it is when you give it. Hmm. The only way I can get a couple of smarties or a couple of dum-dums is you have to be there and give them to me. I can tell him right now. Go down to my office. Get what you want. And he has the ability right now to do that. Why? Where are they? Hold them up. He has his own keys. Because while I love all your children that I take down there to give them candy, I may give them a gift, but that's all they get from me is a gift. Bottom line is if I sent him to my office to get something, just anything, he went down there, chances are he may see the basket and not ask, but take. And he has every right to do that. If, if I told Jalen, go down to my office, and I gave him the key to go, I need there's such and such on my desk, I need you to go get that. 
If he went down there and saw the basket of smarties and dum-dums and thought, you know what, they're sitting there, I'll just take one, that could be classified as stealing. Because I sent him for one purpose. And he took advantage of something that didn't belong to him. But I would actually be offended if he said, Dad, when I go get what you need, do you mind if I get some candy? No, I don't. And here's why. Because you came from your mama. And your mama and I have a relationship. I love you. You're a great guy. I'm glad you had such a great time in Prague. But you got a different mama. Mm. He ended up not using it, at least I think, but I'm standing in the closet this morning preparing for church and, and, and he walks in and he walks to the cabinet where my belts are and he reaches in and he pulls out, never asking. Why? Because there is a relationship he was born from that provides privilege to him. I don't know about you, but I don't want to settle for a gift from the Father when I can have everything that belongs to the Father. Oh, hallelujah. You know what? They sang Friday night at Youth at Recharge in Baltimore. They sang a song that you wrote, right? Yeah, you wrote. They sang a song Friday night as a part of the worship that Jalen wrote. There's a lot of other people that the Father's given gifts to to be able to do the same thing. Oh, there's a, oh Lord. There's a lot of people that can stand behind one of these because they have a God Father given gift. But it's not just about who's your daddy, it's also about who's your mama. Oh, hallelujah. Brother Wright, what, what, what are we feeling from? I'll tell you what you're feeling from me tonight. You're feeling from me this attitude and spirit that's in the world today. That You know what? We, we, can, we can change some things. We can, we can modify. We can water some things down. Yeah. Yes, we can. And get some gifts. We can do that and get some gifts. But when you get a present from the Father, all you got is a present. Hmm... Whatever the present was that the sons of the concubines got, it was finite and limited. But when Abraham gave Isaac all that he had, what he gave Isaac was the blessing that he had received. That I will make you as numerous as the sands of the sea and the stars of the heaven. That's what was passed on. Hallelujah. 
Genesis 21 verse 12, God said unto Abraham, God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman in all that Sarah hath in all that Sarah hath said unto thee hearken unto her voice for in Isaac shall thy seed be called what was it Sarah had said unto Abraham what she said unto Abraham was he's got to go he can't stay here any longer he's tormenting the child of promise Abraham was torn cuz that oh my 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 I don't y'all go home I'll just preach to me for a while because that was his son. Ishmael was his son. And so the Lord said, you need to listen to Sarah. And also of the son of the bondwoman, will I make a nation because he is thy son. I will make a nation out of the son of the bondwoman because he is your seed. Oh, Lord. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water was spent in the bottle and she cast the child under one of the shrubs and she went and sat her down over against him a good way off as if there were, as if it, as it, as it were a bow shot. For she said, let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him and lift up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the lad. Because God will hear. God will hear. And God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna destroy him. I'm gonna let him flourish. I'm going to let him flourish in such a way that for thousands of years to come, he's going to be the biggest thorn in your side you could ever have. And God opened her eyes. Watch this, watch this. And she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink. That's pretty miraculous. She's in the middle of the desert about to die of thirst. The baby's about to die. The lad's about to die of thirst. But there was a promise. Because of his father. May have had the wrong mother, but because of his father, here was a promise that God will hear. And God was with the lad and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. And he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran and his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. That which is produced by Egypt then goes to Egypt to produce more. That which is produced by Sarah. 
understands that what is begun in the Spirit must be finished in the Spirit. That you can't accomplish through the flesh what must be done in the Spirit. We're patiently waiting on you because we need you because we can try to produce something through our good ideas and our ingenuity and we might very well produce something because if we're connected to the Father, the Father may give some gifts. He said, that he sent them back to Genesis 25 and verse 6. While he yet lived, he sent them away from Isaac. The reason he sent them away from Isaac is so that there would not be contention between the child of promise and the child that was produced through fleshly means. Adam Clark says this with regards to this idea that he sent him away while he lived, lest after his death they should dispute a settlement in the land of promise with Isaac. Therefore he very prudently sent them to procure settlements during his lifetime that they might be under no temptation to dispute the settlement with Isaac in Canaan. I want you to go away. Because I don't want there to be conflict between you and your brother. Fawcett's Bible Dictionary says this about the giving gifts. It is the prerogative of the father to designate his heir. However, he must also provide for his other children. Thus, by giving his other sons gifts and sending them away, he shares his wealth with them, but also protects Isaac's position as heir of the household. I'm giving you something. But what I'm giving him is not just one present. It is not a finite gift. I'm giving him something that's going to go way beyond him. I'm giving him something that's going to outlive him. Fawcett's Bible Dictionary says, Abraham sent them away with gifts during his lifetime so as not to interfere with the rights of Isaac, the son of promise. So then we go to Galatians chapter 4. Verse number 26. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free. Which is the... Hmm. Jerusalem, which is above, is free. Which is the mother of us all. The Campitella preached it Thursday night out of the first Adam taken out of his side was a rib to produce Eve. Out of the second Adam, the man Christ Jesus out of his side flowed blood 
and water. <laughs> Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. To be the true mother, it's got to have come from blood and water. It's got to have come from blood and water. That's why in the plan of salvation there is repentance. There is blood that must be applied. And then there is baptism because there must be water. I don't mean to be offensive to anybody here tonight or anybody anywhere else. But it takes more than a simple confession of faith. It takes more than just saying a few words. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And so what Peter gets up and declares on the day of Pentecost is how you do, how you apply what Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We find that in the beginning of Acts, when they received the Holy Ghost as the evidence of that, they began to speak in other tongues. We find in Acts chapter 10, when they went to Cornelius' house, that they said they, they received the Holy Ghost because they heard them speak with tongues to get into something that is supernatural something supernatural must take place you can't get into something supernatural by some kind of natural ascent or mental ascent except a man gets born again of the water and of the spirit Brother Wright, you're being awful judgmental in your preaching tonight. Actually, I think for one of the first times in all of my preaching, I am not being judgmental. Because up until right now, and what I believe God has shown me, I always tried to take away from what, excuse me, but what Ishmael had. Well, that can't be. That can't be. No way. There's no way. That can't, I mean, I, I believe what the Bible, this is what I believe the Bible says. There's no way that can be. Now I'm going, absolutely it is. Because the Father gives gifts. But I don't want a gift. I don't want a gift. I want an inheritance. I don't want a gift. I want to be able to walk in because I have access. Because there's something that I know belongs to me. There's a house a couple of miles from here that I don't live in. It's not my house. Some of you have been there by invitation. That I went there yesterday and walked into that house because I have a key to that house. I know the combination to the deadbolt. I know the combination to the alarm. I have access because the father and the mother that produced me live in that house. 
And it has granted me access. I've, I've seen my dad, my dad's given you some of you stuff before. I've seen you, he's given some of you clothes or money or I know he's given some of you stuff. I, I don't have to be given. I go and take. He's talked about it. It is what it is. Every father with a son lives it. Every father. You know what? I, I, you know what? From now on, Timothy, do what you did today. My closet's your closet. Fortunately, most of what he likes to wear is not in my closet. <laughs> so I don't have to. And that one especially. He got his own deal. But I would suppose as time goes on, he may, may in fact find a few things in there that interest him. Why? Because actually, I got to admit, as I stood there today, I don't remember what I was doing. I was getting something off my shelf. I don't remember. But as I was standing there and I watched out of my peripheral as he walked into my room and opened that cabinet and reached for my belt, there was something inside of me that instead of rising up, what do you, don't take my stuff because you won't bring it back. There was actually something inside of me that said, you know what? I am glad that there is a feeling that I don't have to go ask for permission. But as the son, I've been given access. Our, our problem is this. There's way too many of us living like the elder brother. I've been in this house for 45 years. I've been faithful. I've done my duty. I've done my job. I've this and I've that. You sure have. And in all that time, and I mean this in a positive context, in all that time, you've never taken advantage of what belonged to you as a son in the father's house. That father throws the party for the, for the prodigal, the younger brother that comes back home. And, and that was the attitude. That was all the elder brother could think. He wasn't happy that a life had been renewed, that a life had been restored. All he was upset about was, you know what? I've, I've been faithful. I've been doing my job, but I've never had a party. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? I got a I got a text on Monday of a coupon from K and G. Buy one, get two free. You interested in going dead? 
Well, I might be. I got in the car Monday evening. We drove up to K&G. We bought three suits for him. Because there's something inside of me. If ye being evil, if you being evil know how to give good gifts, how much more does your heavenly Father? If I'm a child of promise and I'm living without, it's not His fault. It's my fault because I haven't recognized who I am and what I am and what belongs to me. But Jerusalem which is above is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. Now we, brethren, now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. There you go. You think I'm trying to stretch something tonight? Paul makes it clear. We are the children of promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. Even so it is now. We believe that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are one. You know what? I've, I've used. I'm, I'm sorry. I know. I know some of y'all probably got some place to go. You're welcome to go whenever you want to go. I'm gonna preach till I'm done, or Jesus is done. Hopefully, it's Jesus and not me. I, I've used before. You know the analogy, trying to explain to somebody the difference between the Trinity and what we believe. That you know, I am a father, and I am a son, and 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 I am a husband. Those are three different roles that I have and responsibilities, but I'm, I'm one person. But i got to tell you, Brother Campitella said it Friday night a way I've never heard. And he explained the same thing, that he was those things. But he could only be one of those at a time. I... I I can only operate because I'm limited as a husband. If I'm going to change to a father, I got to change roles. I got to put on a different... If I'm going to act as a son, that's a whole different thing. But God is one and has the ability... At any moment to operate as all three. 
But we get called a lot of names for that. We've been labeled a lot of things for that. You can go read books about us for that. You can go Google us for that. That's okay. Because even then, but as then, he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the Spirit, even so it is now. Oh, hallelujah. Read on. Nevertheless, what saith the Scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but Jerusalem, which is above, is... And that's the mother of us all. I don't just have a gift. I haven't just been given something from the Father. I have the Father. Last commentary, Adam Clark says with regards to that, but as then he, being Ishmael, who was born after the flesh, whose birth had nothing supernatural in it, but was according to the ordinary course of nature. It was just an ordinary birth. Wasn't anything supernatural about it. It wasn't produced through supernatural means. It's kind of interesting. There's another son that I know of <laughs> that was not produced, was not produced through natural or ordinary means. The Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. And there's something that's going to be conceived in you that won't be conceived through ordinary means. Oh, hallelujah. He says, with regards to persecuted him, Isaac who was born after the Spirit, who had a supernatural birth according to the promise, and through the efficacy of the Holy Spirit giving effect to the promise, Sarah shall have a son. When the right mother and the right father get together, it's produced supernaturally. When they started meeting on Azusa Street, they gathered in an old abandoned mission. I remember correctly, used a milk crate for a pulpit. Wasn't no fancy carpet. Wasn't no nice lights and nice music and instruments and great sound system and lovely climate control. 
But there was some people that began to connect with the power and the presence of God. And something was produced from that place that went out from there and not only moved out into that city, but moved out throughout this country and moved out around the world to the point that people would get on a ship. This, there, there, wasn't no, there wasn't no airplane to jump on and get there in a couple hours, but they would get on a ship and have to travel for weeks and weeks. But there was something that was going on that was drawing them. There was something that was being birthed by supernatural means. You and I are not here to produce somehow something. Mixing some flesh with a relationship with the Father. But we are here to be the child of promise. Oh, hallelujah. It's no wonder the devil wants us to battle who we are and what we are. And it's no wonder the devil wants us to compromise and give up on who we are and what we are. Because the devil knows there's a difference between the child of the concubine and the child of the woman who is the mother of the promise. Oh, Jesus. Ishmael, you other boys, come here. I got something for you. I'm not going to send you away. You're mine. I got something for you. You were produced. You were produced by a relationship that I was involved in. Oh, hallelujah. You were produced by a relationship that I was involved in. But it wasn't the right one. Not going to send you away. I, 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 that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's the same thing he did for a whole nation of his people. Provided water for them in the desert when there was nothing to drink. Ishmael had already experienced that. Because even the child of the bondwoman, God, will hear. Hmm. What do you want? Is a gift enough? Are you willing to settle for a gift? Are you willing to be content with the Father giving you a gift? Or is there something inside of you that says, I don't want to go away just with a gift. I want an inheritance. I want something that is going to last I don't want something that I'm going to use up and it's done. But I want a guarantee of something that is going to continue on 
beyond me. I've preached in the past. Some of you have heard me preach it. And I believe there's truth to it. I still, and I'll probably preach it again at some point, I would imagine. Moses has this encounter with God in the wilderness by himself. And he shows up before Pharaoh and he comes with this message. Let my people go. I really, I really believe that when Moses walked in before Pharaoh, I... I think he kind of walked in with some confidence. You wait till I wait till you see what I can do. Wait till you see. Wait till you see what I got up my sleeve. So he let my people go and didn't get the response he was looking for, and so he he takes his staff and he throws it down, and that staff turns into a snake, and Pharaoh. Responds and okay. <laughs> What's your point? Calls the magicians, his magicians over. Brother Lewis, they come and they do the same thing. They do the same thing. But I know or I believe that Moses understood. We may have just done the same thing. But the source of what was done is not the same. And that's kind of been as far, Brother Middleton, as I ever went. And tried to justify things based on that alone. I don't have to justify anymore. Because it's not always a spirit of another source. Sometimes it's the Father. And I don't have to explain it away. And I don't have to give up on what I believe and question the truth that I believe God has given me. Because the Father gives something to His Son. You to stand, please. Oh, hallelujah. So I ask you again in closing. I don't know if I'm going to go beyond this with prayer tonight. We'll see. What do you What do you want? What do you want? Are you content to just get a gift from the Father? Are you willing to settle for a gift from the Father? Or is there something inside of you that says, I don't want you just to give me a gift and send me away. I don't want you to just give me a gift and put me on my journey. I want you. I want you. And I understand that to have you, i got to have the right mother. 
And there's got to be something supernatural that takes place. And that's what I want. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I, I actually I feel like the Holy Ghost is trying to do something here right now. <laughs> Come on, perhaps there's somebody tonight that God's got a little bit of revelation that you need. Maybe, maybe there's a few of you tonight, God's got a little bit of understanding that He wants to give you tonight. Maybe some of you have been battled by the enemy. Maybe some of you have been struggling because the enemy has got you to look at the gifts that's been given to some and get your eyes off of the fact that you've been given way more than a gift. You've been given an inheritance. You've been given all that the Father has. In the name of Jesus, Holy Ghost, help us tonight. Holy Ghost, help us tonight. God, I pray that a spirit of revelation and understanding would come upon hearts and lives in this place tonight. God, I pray understanding for those that have been battling with some questions and some doubts. I pray understanding and revelation tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I don't want just a gift from you, Father. I don't want you just to give me a present. I don't want you just to give me a token gift. And then I go on my way. I want you. I want you. I want you. I want you. I want to learn how to patiently wait on you. When I feel pressure and tempted to try to produce something through some other means, I want to have the patience to wait on you so that what is birthed is birthed not through fleshly means or efforts, but is produced by the Spirit that is produced supernaturally. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Ikalaramando robo shatarara bahaya. Yelamando robo koye yalarabo satabahai. If you need to go or you want to go, you're welcome to go. But those of you that are praying, I would encourage you not to be in a rush. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I believe I preached to some people tonight. I, I believe I, I preached to some Isaacs tonight that perhaps you've been struggling a little bit because Ishmael has been mocking you. 
I believe I preached to some Isaacs tonight that you've been questioning a little bit because Isaac, or excuse me, Ishmael, has been mocking. But tonight, tonight it's the will of God for you to settle in your mind. And I'm not going to let Ishmael cheat me out of what is mine. I'm not going to let Ishmael cause me to be ashamed of what's mine. I'm not going to let Ishmael cause me to question and doubt what is mine. I'm not going to resent Ishmael for what he has. But I'm not going to let his opinion affect me over what I have. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. 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 In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In Jesus' name. The musicians are going to continue playing for a few more minutes. I'm going to put the microphone down. You do whatever you feel to do or whatever you need to do in Jesus' name.